This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Um, Want to go over the waiver wire pickups uh, for week four. Um, it is Tuesday, obviously the big news of Saquon Barkley um, having that high ankle sprain. Now, Chris Mortensen did tweet out saying that you know he saw their you know ankle surgeon specialist on Monday. Uh, but is going to see another specialist on Wednesday. So that possibly, you know, obviously his initial prognosis was four to eight weeks, which would mean, you know, him potentially coming back around his week 12 game. They do have a week 11 bye. Um, so, but with with potential surgery on the table, which is which is probably why he's seeing another specialist on Wednesday, the, you know, to get a second opinion, I think you you only get second opinions if that is on the table. I mean, you don't really need a second opinion on, you know, how long do you think this will last, doctor? You know what I mean? So there are options on the table, and one of those options can potentially be surgery. Um, and if that's the case, my assumption is that he could be out a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, we, we, we're going to wait and see. Um, and that kind of ties into, obviously, our top waiver wire pickup, Wayne Gallman. Now, um, they have that by week 11, right? So that's going to be the seven-week mark. Um, and if it's four to eight weeks, then, you know, it, it seems likely enough that, you know, th- this seems more on the severe side of it. Like, he was in that walking boot on crutches. D- didn't look good. Um, and, you know, if he does come back in week 12, hopefully in time for your fantasy playoffs, uh, you know, I'm hoping that he's fine. But this <laughs> this uh, additional... Uh, you know, opinion that he's getting on Wednesday doesn't really sit well with me. But either way, you know, Wayne Gallman's going to be the guy, um, at least at the moment. Um, I think he is going to, you know, as the roster sits right now, you know, he's going to play a three-down role. Um, and if he has that role, that's going to have value regardless, e- even if he sucks, right? <laughs> look at what Leonard Fournette did. Now, I'm not comparing the two, but look at what Leonard Fournette did, um, you know, on Thursday night. Um he was so involved in the passing game that, you know, it made up for it, especially in PPR leagues where he got you 15, 16 points in a PPR, even though the performance was, like, pretty bad. They did work out Benny Cunningham today. He's a guy who is a pretty good pass catcher, so that could take some potential value away, but he seems like a depth add, right? If, if you add him, then you're not really worried about, you know, him taking away early down work, at least. And Wayne Gallman is a good pass catcher, too, so... I'm not sure that they kind of take away, you know, bring out Benny Cunningham for Wayne Gallman. Uh, I'm sorry, bring out uh, Benny Cunningham and put Wayne Gallman on the bench on third downs. Um, But that remains to be seen. Um, So the concern is that the Giants bring in a guy like C.J. Anderson or J.H.I.E., 
you know, which either turns this backfield into a timeshare or the keys get turned over to the new guys. We just kind of don't know. Um, you know, regardless, they're, go- they're going to have to sign somebody, at least for depth, right? Um, now, the positive side about Gallman is that he's pretty capable in the passing game, like I said. Um, and, and if he has the job, he should be able to maintain a solid floor off of that, even if they don't give him, you know, 15-plus carries per game. The Giants' defense isn't great, right? So game scripts are not going to be in his favor, you know, with respect to the run game. Um, you have Golden Tate, you know, coming coming back soon. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, all those guys are preferred, you know, to, to have the ball touch their hands. So the, this team will likely be a pass-happy bunch, you know, with Saquon out. Um, now, the Giants' offense, potentially turning a corner, right? Golden Tate is coming back. Um, running 11 personnel most of the time, which means less stacked boxes, obviously, for Gallman. Not that anyone would stack at the box against him. Uh, but, you know, if you're running against 11, uh, you know, nickel formations mostly, then you have more room to run. Um, but, you know, there is some optimism if Gallman remains the guy. But you just got to remember that he is just that. He's just a guy. Um, I'm not sure I want to break the bank to get him because of the risk involved. But if you lost Barkley... You know, or you're really hurting at running back. You know, I'll burn my number one waiver priority, uh, spend a decent amount of fab to get a shot at a potential three down back, um, you know, up to 50%, you know, if I'm really, really, really hurting. Uh, because you, you don't get opportunities at those type of guys, you know, three down backs, you know, even though the talent might not be there, you know, at a full tilt of what you want. Um, but, you know, you're getting a, a body that is going to be on the field most of the time. Um, now, if you don't need desperate help at running back, I would hold off and I would, you know, put in smaller bids. Like if I really, really don't need help, 10%, you know, if I need some help, but not desperate, you know, maybe 20%, something like that, 25%. Um, but yeah, I would hold off, you know, for the most part, um, not put in huge bids, you know, because, you know, I think if you pick up a guy like CJ Anderson or Jay Ajayi for free, uh, them, they might not be bad options just to see what happens this week. Okay, moving on. Um, another guy that I think should be picked up, like as a must pick up, is Nicole Hardman. He's still available in about 50% of leagues. And the last two games have shown why he should be 100% owned until Tyreek Hill returns. He only had two catches last week, but he really only needs one <laughs> from Patrick Mahomes to give you what you need for the week. Um, you know, he's a long touchdown waiting to happen. He's fast as hell. And he's a great way to increase the upside on your team on a weekly basis. So, good matchup this week against Detroit. Um, pick him up. Don't leave him on the waiver wire. And if you leave him on the waiver wire, someone else is going to pick him up and play him against you. Shit. Anyway. Uh, Alright, so going into the running back ads. Uh, Rex Burkhead is an interesting one. Um, a lot of mystery around it. But, they did lose their fullback, James Devlin, to IR. Um, and, and that was potentially one reason why... Burkhead played on 74% of snaps, even in a blowout against the Jets. Now, even if James White was active, you know, these type of games usually favor Sonny Michel, right? Um, With White back next week, it's possible that Burkhead remains the favorite ahead of Michel because of his versatility and the fact that they, they might go a little bit past heavy now. You know, if they move... Listen, James Devlin, like, it might not seem like a big deal to most people, but he was a big part of their running game. Um, and if they move towards more spread formations because of the loss in their backfield, Burkhead can end up being more than a one-week play. So if you pick them up, you know, like I did in, in a league or two, I, I want to hold him for now. I don't want to cut him to pick up somebody. Um, 
Like, I'm, I'm not even cutting him uh, to pick up Wayne Gallman, to be honest, because I actually think there's more upside with Burkhead. Um, you know, last week against the Jets, you know, with missing a couple of guys on defense, um, you would think that they would just use Michelle, but it just didn't happen. So, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, but he, he's kind of a hold right now. Um, okay, Chris Thompson. I'm not sure why Chris Thompson is still in the waiver wire in PPR leagues. This happens every single year. Uh, right? He scored 15 PPR points in two out of three weeks. Um, he's the running back to have on the Redskins. Caught four or five targets for 78 yards against the Bears last night on Monday on Monday night. Um, and he's matchup dependent because of that, right? He has a high floor um, in PPR leagues. He has a high ceiling too. We've seen it before. Um, so yeah, just have him in your lineup as your flex, like in PPR leagues. He'll get you 10 points. Easy. Um, okay, Daryl Williams. Uh, now, Williams was the compliment to LaShawn McCoy last week with Damian Williams out, not Darwin Thompson, right? Obviously, Darwin Thompson was the upside guy to hold, but it, it doesn't seem like he's, you know, up there in the pecking order. Um, he did come in late once McCoy re-aggravated that ankle, um, but he was a non-factor prior to that. He only played 7% of snaps altogether. So because of that re-aggravation, McCoy, you know, he might have a chance to miss next week. Um, Darrell Williams was involved in both the run game and pass game. He looked good. He looked good, too. I mean, their game-winning play to get that last first down, it was a pass from a home to Darrell Williams, and it was designed that way. So they have some confidence in the guy. Um, so, you know, if either McCoy or Damian is out or, or both, obviously Darrell becomes a starting option in Week 4. Um, so yeah, if you have either the, either of these guys, you might want to look at him as an option. Okay, Ronald Jones. Here we go again. Um, after giving Peyton Barber all the work in week two, Jones Jones outperformed Barber in week three. He was given an equal amount of touches, uh, but he totaled 121 yards on 15 touches. He only played on 30% of snaps. So Barber and Dario Ogamowale. Are, are both still very involved. Like, they each got about 30% of snaps each. Um, but, I, you know, right now, I would consider Jones a high upside bench stash right at this point, you know, in, in case Bruce Arians, who's super stubborn, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, a bunch of his actions this year. Uh, if he changes his mind and starts giving Jones more playing time, you know, I think that Jones could potentially take advantage. Um, and why I say he, he's stubborn is because sometimes... You know, there are certain things that Bruce Aaron likes in his players. And, you know, certain players don't, you know, kind of like meet those standards. Like, he might not play them, even though they might have bigger, you know, big play potential in, in all that. So, <laughs> it is interesting. And then, the fact that they took that delay of game penalty, moved their kicker back, he missed a field goal. And then after the game, he said, oh, no, 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 we did that on purpose. He's better from longer distance. It's just like, dude, just take it. <laughs> just take the L, dude. All right, moving on to wide receivers. Uh, Philip Dorsett. Uh, now, I usually wouldn't be advocating to pick up another wide receiver for the Patriots, right? Outside of Edelman and Gordon, it's really unpredictable. But the injury to James Devlin, like I mentioned before, has a big impact on the run game. It's possible that they don't run the ball as much with Sony Michelle. And if they move to more 11 personnel and more of a spread offense, that would mean Dorsett will see the field more. And with all the attention on Gordon and Edelman, Dorsett will likely have a lot of single coverage. And Brady has already taken advantage of that this year. Edelman has also has a chance of missing this week. So that might give him a slight bump for week four. I think he should be picked up. Remember what Chris Hogan did a few years ago, a couple years ago? He was 
somewhat touchdown dependent, but hey, he got a touchdown. So um, he might be in a similar situation here, but I think Dorsett is more of a better player, I, I would say, than, than, than Chris Hogan was. Okay, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, he had two tough matchups in the first two weeks of the season, and when he finally had a good one, um, you know, it made sense. Uh, that's why he was one of a, the desperate starts from last week. Um, and he had Chris, you know, because Chris Harris was shadowing Devonta Adams, MVS had a great matchup on the other side. Um, he performed on 10 targets. He goes up against Philly at home in week four. So because of that matchup, all the Green Bay wide receivers are in play, especially him, obviously Devonta Adams. But, you know, I think MVS is like a plug and play this week if you need help at wide receiver, if you have someone on by, that sort of thing. Uh, DJ Chark. Um, he's impressing, you know, while not even leading the team in targets. That's why I was a little hesitant on the guy. Um, there's a chance he gets a shadow from Chris Harris, right? The Broncos, even though G- DJ Chark isn't like, he doesn't need to be shadowed. But the Broncos know that Gardner Minshew, you know, his big plays have come targeting Chark. So, you know, Chark has averaged 92 yards and a touchdown over the last three games. Um, his upside remains viable going forward, even if D.D. Westbrook continues to get the targets and the majority of the target share. But I would temper my expectations for him in week four. But I think he's a good long-term pickup. Um, for me to say that Chris Harris is going to shadow him this week, I think that's a little bit of a of a reach. But it is possible because they they want to limit. They might want to limit where Minshew is comfortable throwing to. Okay, uh, Nelson Aguilar is a play this week. Alshon Jeffrey is expected to play on Thursday. Uh, D. Jax is out. Um, we can't be sure how effective Jeffrey is going to be, um, but I think Aguilar still remains a play uh, with Deshaun Jackson out. Um, he's not as surefire of a start because Jeffrey is active, but if you need a start, a spot start, he's still in play. Okay, Golden Tate. This is more of a, a long-term hold here. So with Daniel Jones now in a quarterback for the Giants, there is some optimism that this passing offense can take a step forward. Um now, there are a lot of options, right, between Shepard, Engram, and Tate when he returns in Week 5. Still, he's a very talented wide receiver and will most likely have the best matchups weekly, assuming he's in their slot, right, assuming they move Shepard to the outside. Now, Tate can potentially be Jones' favorite target because he is potentially the best wide receiver that they have. Um, so I would keep him as a bench stash, bench stash to see if that can happen, especially in PPR leagues. Okay, Preston Williams, now, he's in a real shitty situation in Miami, but he's looked good. Three straight weeks of 10-plus PPR points, two straight weeks of four catches, and 60-plus yards. Uh, last week, he had 12 targets from Josh Rosen. So this is this is something that you kind of can't gloss over, right? Um, so that 12 targets is pretty encouraging for his usage. Um, he was very close to catching a touchdown, but he dropped at the last second. Um now, with the Dolphins likely trailing in almost every single game, game scripts are going to be in his favor, and they're going to have volume there. So, because of that, um, you know, he is a potential pickup in a deeper league, um, or if you're looking for a bench stash. Uh, but, and he's a good player, too. If you watch him, you, you, you'll see that he's a potential uh, number one wide receiver on the outside. Okay, Taylor Gabriel. Um, now, he had a great game on Monday night, but we've seen this in the past. I would not trust him. I would leave him on the waiver wire, let someone else grab him. So I just realized that the audio um, quality up until right now has been pretty shitty. So I apologize for that. Um, Moving forward, I think it should sound a lot better, hopefully. And it was really just the positioning of my mic. Um, You guys probably heard like a little like, 
it sounded like every time I was saying anything, like someone was like ringing a bell <laughs> behind it or something like that. But there was a little bit of feedback. So I, I apologize. Sorry about that. But I'm going to move on. And hopefully in the next podcast, you won't have to deal with that. <laughs> but I've got to caught it though. Um, anyway, so moving on to tight ends. Uh, Will Disley, his usage continued into week three. Uh, he, I think at tight end, he's a must pick up, especially if you need someone right away. He has a lot of upside. Uh, his touchdown last week wasn't until the very last play of the game in garbage time, but the usage is there. Um, he caught 5 of 5 for 50 yards and 2 touchdowns in week 2, 6 of 7 for 62 yards and a touchdown uh, last week. So pick him up and play him. Uh, he's a great matchup against the Cardinals this week, and he could potentially be your tight end long term. Now, another long-term option at tight end is Chris Herndon. Now, if you're hurting at the position, you know obviously you're going to have to hold him until week six, but it can be worth it. Sam Darnold and him showed, showed that they had a great rapport last year. Um, now, his backup, Ryan Griffin, is playing 100% of snaps. So that means if Herndon comes back, he should slide right into that role. Um, he showed a lot of upside as a rookie, and he could have a breakout year in year two. Okay, Jason Witten. Close to 10 points per week in PPR. A little bit touchdown dependent, but last week he showed some. He he got some targets. But you know, if you're desperate, throw him in your lineup against the Saints. Um, Will Disley had some success against them last week. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're desperate, obviously. But Dawson Knox is another guy I want to talk about. Uh, he's an athletic guy, an interesting prospect. He could potentially start to become more of a staple in the Bills' offense. Um, Tyler Croft is hurt again, so Knox's opportunity can go up. Uh, he caught three or four passes for 67 yards and a touchdown last week. So he's an add if you are struggling at the position. So he it's not an ideal matchup against the Patriots this week. But, you know, the Patriots' corners do get busy with their wide receivers. Um, and the Buffalo does run a lot of 11 formations. So Knox has a chance to be sneaky. Um, only if you're desperate, obviously. Um, another desperate option is Trey Burton. Darren Waller caught 13 of 14 targets last week. Um, Austin Hooper caught nine of nine targets in week one against minnesota so while burton is scary to put in your lineup i'll be scared to put him in my lineup you might be in dire straits um but you know the matchup is not terrible okay moving on to quarterback streaming options the first one is daniel jones um against washington quarterbacks have averaged 271 passing yards and three touchdowns against the redskins over the first three weeks of the season um the Redskins are on a short week um, because they just played on Monday night. The secondary has not looked good this year either. So even though Jones is a rookie, he's capable. I mean, he had 34 damn fantasy points last week. And that's because he isn't afraid of running into the end zone when he sees an opening. Um, so pick him up for this matchup and, you know, potentially more. You never know. This guy might be your quarterback for the season. He does have that upside. Okay, Matthew Stafford against Kansas City at home. He didn't give you the fantasy numbers last week against Philadelphia, um, but you know he's at home against Kansas City this week. Um, the Lions were up most of the game last week, um, so that probably won't be the case against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so I would expect Stafford to have to sling it, um, and it's a good matchup too. Andy Dalton's going into Pittsburgh on Monday night. Um, he's been solid so far this year. He's going up against a Pittsburgh defense where quarterbacks have averaged more than 300 yards passing. You know, they did add Minka Fitzpatrick, but, you know, it's even though he did make an impact last week, he's not going to make uh, a, a, a huge impact, even though Jimmy Garoppolo, like, what really stopped Jimmy Garoppolo was all the turnovers they had. Um, and it, it wasn't necessarily because of that Steelers defense. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay playing Dalton this week, uh, you know, if you need a quarterback. 
Uh, Case Keenum, I'd, rather, I'd probably rather play Keenum, honestly. But Keenum, he was absolutely terrible last night. Um, he simply can't play, you know, in the league that the Bears' defense is in. <laughs> you know what I mean? He could play, um, but an excel uh, in the league the Giants' are de- Giants defense is in, though. So quarterbacks are averaging 350 yards passing, uh, 2.67 touchdowns per game over the first three games against the Giants passing. Um, so that's an average of 27 standard, you know, four-point passing quarterback fantasy points per game. So he's going to be fine. Uh, Kyle Allen in Houston. Uh, Allen threw for 261 yards and four touchdowns uh, against Carolina last week. He's using his weapons well. He's a good fit in this downfield passing attack. So this week he goes up against a Houston secondary that shouldn't scare anyone, and I'll be fine playing him. Um, He's just a more accurate quarterback than Cam Newton, and he has the weapons. So I'm perfectly fine playing him. Uh, Jacoby Brissett against Oakland at home. Uh, Just keep in mind that he could possibly be without T.Y. Hilton. He's still an option, though. You know, Frank Reich's game plan can hide Brissett's deficiencies. He'll likely put together a game plan uh, to put him in position to succeed. So he's going up against Oakland, not the toughest matchup in the world. So he is an option uh, for your quarterback streaming. Now, as far as defensive streamings this week, it's really tough. Um, I, I think Indy against Oakland might be like the only option that I see that's less than 50% rostered that is a decent stream this week. So good luck. Um, you might have to like scratch and claw a little bit, um, but that's really the only option that I see <laughs> right now. Um, so I'm hoping that you got a, a defense last week that you can potentially use this week. But yeah, that's it. That's all I had. Um, I hope you guys get whoever you want on your waivers when you put those claims in uh, You know, tonight or tomorrow, whenever that is. Uh, and yeah, I'll see you guys back tomorrow morning uh, with a you know with a running back matchup podcast, and then the following day with the wide receiver matchup podcast. But yeah, that's all I had. You can follow me at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Uh, shoot me a DM or a comment on one of the picks if you have some have some questions, um, and I'll I'll be glad to guess them. But yeah, take it easy, guys. See you tomorrow.